Welcome to the Odessa First Assembly Podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager, and I'm thrilled to bring you our latest sermon series, The Spirit-Filled Church. In this series, our lead pastor, Pastor Todd Starnes, takes us on a journey from our previous series, The Spirit-Filled Life, where we explored what it means to be individuals filled with the Holy Spirit, to now focusing on the importance of having a Spirit-Filled Church. Throughout this series, we will delve into various topics that highlight the significance of a Spirit-Filled Church. We'll explore the church as a sanctuary, its impact on the community and culture, as well as the various other topics. Together, we'll learn how to embrace the Holy Spirit's power and guidance as we strive to be become a spirit-filled church, making a difference in our community and beyond. So without further ado, let's jump right into our message from the Spirit-Filled Church series. Spirit-Filled Life, so excited about this morning. If you have our Bibles, we're going to turn to three um, passages of Scripture. One is found in Acts, and then um, two different passages found in Ephesians. Acts chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2. Of course, you can find our notes through the app online and uh, uh, version, And also, our, we have our fill in the blank for those of you that have your notebooks. We, um, ha- we have run out of notebooks and we've ordered more. Should be in this week. But Acts chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord, and just your presence. Um, we just ask that you would just continue to work in our hearts. Lord, let our hearts be good soil, ready to receive your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? All right, Acts chapter 2. And so these passages are going to be really uh, a theme throughout uh, the series. And But we don't begin Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were to uh, who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need verse 46 and day by day attending the temple together breaking bread in their homes and received their food with gladness and generous hearts. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added their number day by day to those who are being saved. Of course, this is in Acts chapter 2. This is really the birth of the church in the first century. And uh, we see just a description of how church was in Acts chapter 2. Now I want to look at Ephesians 1, and then we'll skip to Ephesians 2. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, just a couple of verses. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as a head over all things to the church which is his body talking about the church is the body of Christ the fullness of him who fills all in all Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 22 Ephesians 2 19 through 22 so then you are no longer strangers and aliens you may be a little bit strange but you're no longer a stranger but you are fellow citizens And with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, verse 21, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a temple 
in the Lord. Verse 22. In him you also are being built together as a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I, you know, recently I, I saw, the, I think it was this last week, I'm pretty sure, but, you know, I'll, sometimes you see somebody like in one of the trader posts or, um, you know, you know, whatever, you know, man cave, whatever the for sale sites on Facebook, you know, somebody will post on there that they're looking for a church. And uh, I mean, if there is a, it's, it's actually to me, I think it's pretty neat. I really do. But I mean, uh, you know, I mean, th there'll be a hundred people comment about their church and many of you, many of from our church post on those. And I mean, I think that's really cool to see um, uh, of, 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 of that happening. But what we know is there are all kinds of churches, right? There's all kinds of churches. There are Baptist churches. There's Methodist churches. That, and some of these may represent your background. There's Church of Christ churches. There's Presbyterian churches. There's Lutheran churches. There's independent churches. There's denominational churches. There's non-denominational churches. There's interdenominational churches. There's inner non-denominational churches. There's house churches. There's Pentecostal churches. There's charismatic churches. There's and and there's all kinds of churches in between. And I, you know, in, in my 27 years of ministry, I've gotten to preach in a lot of churches, and it's, it's something that always had been exciting to me. And I've I've preached in Methodist churches and Baptist churches, and I was going to preach at a church one time at the invitation of the pastor. And I won't say what kind of church. It's a mainline um, type of church. And, and they heard this, and it was not a Pentecostal church. Uh, the deacons heard there was this Pentecostal pastor coming to preach at their church. And so they have this emergency board meeting. And so I don't know what happened to that meeting. I am sure that it was very heated discussion, I would assume. I don't know. But I'll know, you know, the pastor had called me and said, hey, listen, my, we're going to have to have a board meeting. And so then the next day he calls me, okay, they voted to, that you can still preach. I was like, well, great, you know. Well, the thing was that week I had gotten really sick. And um, I had actually had two double ear infection, lost both my eardrums. And so I really couldn't even walk straight, you know. I mean, I looked like a drunken sailor walking. And, uh, and Angela was interpreting in Spanish. And I mean, I, I got to the, the, the platform and I mean, it was like ice cold in that. I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, you could tell there was a little bit of resistance. And so I started, I was like, you know, I told him I had been sick this week and lost my eardrums. And I just want everybody in the house to know that if I fall over, it's not a spirit thing. And, uh, and the crowd, and that just really released it. I mean, the place just erupted in laughter and, and it was, we really had a great service, but there's, there's all kinds of churches, you know, and there are people that they have a difficulty with that. They have a difficulty that there's so many, even in a, I mean, in the Permian base between middle and Odessa, I mean, there's like eight, eight or nine assembly of God churches. And you know what? We're all different. All those churches have different personality. Me personally, I do not see that as a negative. Now, I don't endorse or, you know, believe in church splits and things of that nature. But, you know, I think back to Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? 
And even then, they had all kinds of responses, right? They say some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And so even the people of the day, when they saw Jesus walking around and saw his ministry, they compared him to even different personalities of prophets in the Old Testament. That's just, that's just the way people are. That's, you know, not all of us. Not all of us are, are loud and boisterous. There's some that are, you know, reserved. There's some that are, you know, extroverts and some that are introverts. And we have all kinds of personalities. But what matters is, I believe, is, yeah, we want to, uh, I'm going to be talking about two different things. One, a healthy local church and a healthy big C church. Because we are, we, are, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We make up that body, our local assembly. And listen, I believe this. The thing about having so many types of churches, so many different churches, if every person, you know, I want to backtrack that a little bit. If half of all of Odessa got saved, we wouldn't have enough churches. We wouldn't have enough. And I do, and I know I've said this, but I, I'm already off topic. I, my time's already short because of worship, but I... <laughs> I just have this dream that when people come to Odessa and they ask about which church is on fire, which church is in revival, which church is doing something, that people's response is really like, which church? Because there's so many that fit into that category. I, I'm, I just don't want to see life happening in our church, but I want to see life happening all throughout the city and the area. But there is a spirit at work that is holding people captive. There's a spirit at work that is intimidating believers. There's a spirit at work that is causing uh, a sexual perversion like we've never seen. There is a spirit at work that is looking to divide families and homes and races and cultures and churches. There is a spirit at work that is trying to degrade humanity to a cesspool. And that spirit is an antichrist spirit. But I'm going to tell you, the church has been placed here to be a resistance and a force to push back against the antichrist spirit. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than any other spirit at work. And in the midst of what we see in our culture, and I mean, we can be that those doomsday people, right? And see what surrounds us is, is decay and depravity and spiritual darkness. But I'm going to tell you, the most powerful spirit is the spirit of God. The most powerful spirit is the spirit of God. And that what brings the big C church and the local, and the local C church, it's life. The Bible says, for who is in you is greater. Everybody say greater. Greater than he's in the world. That antichrist force that is battling against believer, that's battling against church, the spirit of God that resides in each and one of us is more powerful than that spirit. Zechariah said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Romans 5.12 says, where sin increased, that grace abounds all the more. And we may be in a time of history that it seems like sin's getting the upper hand, but I'm going to tell you something. God's grace is stronger. 
His grace is stronger. And I listen, I, as I think about church and, and what we represent, I'm going to tell you, Jesus didn't say be touched, be caressed, be motivated, be excited by my spirit. No, he said be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said be clothed with power from on high. He said you shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He said that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. I feel like I'm just holding down the gas pedal. Maybe I need to back up a little bit. Each one, think about it, each one of us, if greater is he than is in us than he that is in the world. If we are, have, have that, that life, the life working power of the Holy Spirit happening on the inside of us, what should it look like? If it's happening in, in Chase, if it's happening in, if it's happening in Adam, if it's happening in Ben, if it's happening in Lowell, if it's happening in each one of us, what should be happening when we come together? What should be happening when we come together? Then what I'm going to tell you this is that the church should shape our culture, not the culture shape the church. The culture, the church should shape our culture. We should have an impact on our culture. And I, I, have, I know I've said this so many times, but I, I want it to be part of our identity is that we are going to be the church that makes it hard for people to go to hell. I don't believe that we are just to redeem souls, but we are to redeem culture. I believe that the church whether underground or able to worship in public should have a should be able to impact culture in a way that it shifts did you know that it in the christianity has had more conversions in the last 200 years than any other faith but yet I look at the condition in which we live as a as an american culture I look at it in our entertainment and our movies, and, and to me that seems like there, there's something amiss. There's something wrong. But the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18:9, when you come into the land your Lord God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the Adamina practices of those nations. We are to stand out. We are to be different than what our culture is. Colossians chapter two, verse eight, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and spiritual powers of the world rather than from Christ. We need to have a Christ mindset. And I'm going to tell you how this fleshes out. How, how, how does church shape the culture? You know, we live in a, you know, everybody, right, has got their opinion. I mean, the last few years has seen that um, uh, because of social media, we really learned what a lot of people think and that a lot of people don't think very well. Amen. That, um, did I say that out loud? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, man, I should have worded that a little different. Um, we, not, not ever, not everybody needs to know how we think about everything. Um, boy, I, boy, this is just digressing. So, <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to tell you what we need as a church. I, see, I'm not talking, people get on their soapboxes about, 
you know, like even the atmosphere of church or um, a, a modern church of, of lighting and theatrics and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm going to tell you, I, I think what we need is discernment. I, I, I think that's what we need to focus on. First John 4, 1 talks about those false teachers and that the, the antichrist spirit that is in the world. But first John 4, 1 simply says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And we are living in a time because of because of all the different social media platforms, the access we have to so much, so many teachers and preachers and biblical teaching. I'm going to tell you, church, you need discernment. There is the gift of the Holy Spirit that we read about in First Corinthians 12 that I believe is only given by the Holy Spirit. Distinguishing between good and evil, this gift of discernment. But yet we see all through Scripture whether we see it in Proverbs or 1 John 4, that we collectively as believers need discernment. Discernment is testing and evaluating every spirit. Discernment is testing and evaluating every spirit. Do not take everything you hear. You may be a fanboy of some famous preacher. Do not take everything hook, lock, and sinker. Christians are told by Scripture to evaluate professed Christian teachers and writers. And so how do we do that? Listen, I, I know we hear this all the time. We hear this all the time. Evaluate everything by God's Word. Whatever I preach, whatever anybody preaches, whatever you hear on the radio or TV, listen, go to the scripture. It had better line up. Evaluate the spirit behind the teaching. Listen, I, you know, I, I, I talk about, with, at least with other leaders and, and, and preachers all the time in Philippians, you know, Paul talks about that there's these guys out there that preach the gospel for, for selfish means, but the gospel is being preached. But I, I, listen, I'm going to tell you something. We are living in a time that the, the antichrist spirit and, and the, that and false teaching is so rampant. We need to ask the Lord to give us direction on even the heart behind what's being taught and preached. I mean, we really do. The third thing is to evaluate the life of the teacher. Listen, I know that there are gifted, gifted, gifted preachers out there that have large followings. But it matters to me what their personal life is like. It should matter to you who I am off this platform. It should matter to you who I am off this platform. That goes for everybody across the board. Are you with me still? Okay. So Ephesians 1, 22, it says that he's head over all things to the church. I, I, I don't, I, I, I was, I don't know why. Some things I don't know why I remember, but I remember years ago, it was my first pastorate. 
And I was, I used this verse. And so I, I was having the church repeat after me. Matter of fact, I'm going to have you repeat after me. And, and we're going to see how you do. I'm, I, I'm already setting you up. So are you with me? I want you to repeat after me. This is not my church. This is his church. This is his church. And I, I did that same exercise with this church. And I'm going to tell you, when I said this is not my church, it was like crickets. They couldn't even come to the place to make that confession. Now, listen, I know we have found, we found a family. That's, what we, that's who we want to be. And yes, this is your church. This is our church. But he is the head of the church. So number two, so first is that the church should impact culture. Number two, we the church should be an empowered force of heaven that represents Jesus. We should be an empowered force of heaven that represents Jesus. See, John 10, 10 tells us what? That the thief is out to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, many times we like use the first part of this verse or the last part of this verse. But yeah, the thief is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life abundantly. That's the head of the church saying this. John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he, will he do because I'm going to the Father. That is talking about you. And I think there's a, a lot of people that kind of contort this verse and, 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 and maybe take it, you know, a, a little, a little too far and, and, uh, to, to make it kind of a broad brush to, to cover anything and everything they want to do. But I'm going to, I don't think that is, but when the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a power, as a promise and as a comfort, and if the Holy Spirit has worked in us and in our church, there should be some Jesus things happening around us. A spirit-filled church is a healthy and holy church that stands against the enemy. And I'm not talking about just a voting block or politically. There should that the church is, is, has been created to be the city on the hill that cannot be hidden. The church is being created to be that salt of the earth, that, that preservative, that, that power of the Holy Spirit that should be flowing out of us in the community around us. And the Bible says in Ephesians 6.13, he says, after you stand, after the battle, I, I like how the NLT says it actually, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy. In the time of evil, this is, you know, talking about the armor of God. And then it says this sentence, then after the Bible, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. 
you'll still be standing firm. When you do all you can do, stand and then stand some more. We need to be the force that is standing against the evil that is surrounding us. And I want to say again, do I, I mean, we have been given this privilege and this honor and in our type of government, we do get to say, we do get to go to the polls and vote and all of those things. But I'm going to tell you something that is not what's going to change society. It's the church rising up, standing against what's evil. There is a spirit at work that are holding people captive, but the spirit of God sets the captive free. There is a spirit at work that mocks and, 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 and intimidates believers, but the, the spirit of God is power, love, and a sound mind. There is a spirit at work that is causing sexual perversion, but the spirit of God makes us a new creation. There is a spirit at work that's trying to divide homes and family and races and cultures and churches, but there is a spirit of God that lifts up Jesus, that all men will be drawn unto him. There is a spirit at work that's trying to degrade humanity into a cesspool, but it is the spirit of God that breathes life into the bones of dead men. I'm going to tell you, if we, the church, would rise up and be who we are, have been created to be and destined to be, I believe the world around us would look a lot different. The church should be a sanctuary for hurting people. And I know there's all kinds of it. You know, it doesn't bother me what a church names its, its gathering place. I've been to churches that called, they, they call this area the living room. I've been to churches where they call this area the auditorium. I've been to churches where they, you know, they, they've called this, this area the gathering. All kinds of, of names out there. And, and not because for any other reason we have continued to call this area the sanctuary because I believe that's just what it is. Because God is our shelter. God is our strong tower. God is the hiding place. God is our refuge. And if we are a spirit-filled church, and we'll be all those things to anybody that walks in through the doors. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus Christ is, and the church is not to be some ordinary institution. We are not Google. We are not Ford, we're not Microsoft, we're not Starbucks, we're not part of some capitalistic Christianity. A CEO doesn't lead this thing. We are the church of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Why? Because we have been established on Jesus Christ. Church is not something that we try to live out. Church is, is not uh, what we do when we have time. Church is not a social club. Church is not just a place, but a church is a people. We are the bride of Christ, that we have surrendered everything to the Lord Jesus. I came to preach this morning. Number three is this. The church is called out from this world. The church is called out from this world. So the word church, I know many know this, but I felt like I had to give some kind of substance. The word church, it comes from a Greek word, ecclesia, which really means it's two Greek words coming together. 
And there's really, there's kind of three definitions. There's an assembly, there's two call out or the called out ones. And so that, that's the, if we look at scripture, when it talking, it's talking about church, that that's what it's meaning. The scripture says together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. And I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know if, does anybody have VidAngel? Anybody use VidAngel? We use VidAngel. And what that means is that we get to watch movies we, we shouldn't, we, that we normally shouldn't or couldn't or wouldn't. And so it takes out all the bad stuff. You can set it, it's, it's a great app. You can, you can log in, takes out cuss words, takes out, if you don't like, you know, army blowing up stuff, you can take that out. It takes out all the sex scenes and nudity. I love it, Angel. And so there's a lot of shows I get to watch. Well, I don't say a lot of, I've been watching Jack Ryan. I think it's a pretty good show when you watch it on VidAngel. I wouldn't watch it without VidAngel. And I, I just had this, so you're going to get a sermon point from Jack Ryan. I mean, not really. It just triggered a thought. And so there was this, I, I was watching this one episode a while back, and, you know, they kept going back to the embassy. And I started thinking, you know, really, what is an embassy? An embassy that's in a foreign land. And, and actually, um, when you read the definition of embassy, it says this. And the embassy belongs to the country it represents. The embassy belongs to the country that it represents. And so wherever we have now, now granted, um, even embassies here. And so we may have all kinds of nations embassies represented within, within our country. And that is really seen as sovereign soil for whatever country that may be. And likewise, if our embassy is somewhere else. Now, I mean, granted, the, the government, you know, that the, the main government still has really control, but I mean, but that's a definition. An embassy belongs to the country that it represents. And it reminded me of a verse in John chapter 15 and verse 18. It says that the world hates you. You know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. There's another passage, John chapter 17, verse 16. They, this is in, this is really the, Jesus's prayer, John chapter 17, he's been praying for unity and he says, they are not of this world. He's, he's praying to the father and he's talking about us. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Philippians chapter three, verse 20. I want to read one more, but our citizenship is in heaven. Now, why am I drawn? Why, and, and there's a, there's a, another place that talks about that. We are aliens here that, but why am I drawing that out? Listen, here's what I believe about the spirit filled church. We're the embassy. <laughs> We're the embassy. Oh, come, you gotta be following me now, right? Does this make sense? We're the embassy that represents heaven that has been placed on foreign soil 
But the difference between the, the government embassy and our embassy is that our embassy is not about landmass and addresses, but it's something that operates in the spirit. And what the Bible says is everywhere that we go and people are saved and people are healed and people are delivered, that represents the kingdom of God. And so it doesn't matter that we're just located at 1101 North Lee. What matters is, is that we represent the spirit of God, the kingdom of God, all throughout the community, all throughout the, the area in the Permian Basin. When we're the embassy of heaven, does that make sense? And listen, I, you know, what Jack Ryan gets to do is when he gets into trouble, he gets to run back to the embassy and gets to be safe because of political immunity. I don't know the actual two, you know, the, the accuracy of all that, but I know this, anybody hurting, anybody in danger, anybody broken, anybody addicted, anybody messed up, anybody that comes in and they think to themselves, if they, if, if those people in that room knew what I did, this place will always be a sanctuary for you and sanctuary for them. Church, let's be a spirit filled church. Let's be a spirit filled church. Would you stand with me this morning? I believe the church should shape culture. I believe that we're a church should be that, that, that agency that uh, represents heaven in, in a fallen world. I, I believe the church should be a place of sanctuary for all of those who are hurting. There's more practical things we're going to look at in the weeks to come, but I just really just kind of wanted to preach this morning. And it's kind of just to declare some, some life. And sometimes, you know, you know these, these Sundays around holidays, you know, sometimes they can be the, the I mean, some of the, the most difficult, really. Because, you know, a lot of us, and even, I mean, we got plans today. We're, we, we got things in store. And, you know, before church, you know, I'm thinking about what we're going to do. And we're, we're celebrating, finally, a, a, a little bit late, celebrating Kaylee's Sweet 16, and so my mind's been there a lot. So I, I know what it is to come in and kind of our minds be elsewhere. But did you, the, God can do something in our heart on the Sunday before the 4th of July, just like he can do in our heart on Easter Sunday. Right? Don't ever in the room just for a moment to close your eyes. I want us to take a moment and just. Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.